It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, and welcome into another edition of the Nicholas Allen Bar Podcast. The Nicholas Allen Podcast. Uh, Minnesota Recap Edition. Bo Root is with me. How many times are you and I going to see each other on a Sunday and have that that look on our faces of you hanging in there, man? You doing okay? Because I've had it. Nick, that's why they pay us the big bucks. They pay us in zero dollars <laughs> and zero cents to do this. But uh, therapy, my friend, is uh, can't put a price on it. I guess. How was your week? Did you have a good week? Do you want to talk about your week? I had a really good week. Did you have a good week? You know, it's a it's it's a it's another night's a tough loss, and I think we're all getting used to the you, you better find a you better find your therapy, you better find your twenty four no hour question. rule or something because if you let this you know affect you too bad, life gets pretty ugly. It's rough. You know, I, this week I uh, I finally got TSA pre checked. Oh, you need to do that. So when you and I do our like couple trips a year, we just. Uh, Nick, cutting people in a line is one of the more powerful things you can do in this world. Let's be honest. Well, and and beating the airport system in any way (laughs) just feels good because I don't know what it is. We all get into those airports and something about every little inconvenience just just magnifies. It's just like you get in there and it's like, oh. What's oh come on? You really uh, need what, to check, really what check change, that uh, bag too? Yeah, you know it's horrible. And we all fall into it. we all and you just end up complaining more. And I'm excited. I thought the whole process would be like what? So you have to like it, like register online, and a lot of the stuff is like, you know, are you the lowest? Like, you know, it's like first question: Have you ever murdered anyone? You're like no. Like okay, have you ever thought about murder? It's all of that just to get like an appointment. Set up. Have you ever been ki- convicted of a federal crime? Convicted? No. <laughs> Never convicted. Never convicted. <laughs> but that, and then you go, and so, th- so then you have the appointment and you have to like, you have like a meeting. And I was expecting this meeting to be like, you know, some, like, you know, dark room, like, inter- like a, a there'd be like good cop, bad cop, like just cigarette smoke kind of going through the air. Where were you on the July 7th, 1994? Huh? Huh? Ah. Says here, according to your Blockbuster Rewards card, that you didn't rewind three ninjas or necessary roughness upon return. Is that true? Uh, um, I don't uh, don't remember. It was a long time ago. And uh, um, uh, here's the thing. Is it true? Is it true? Did you rewind or did you not? Did you ever not rewind a Blockbuster video? Uh, so it's been a it's been a long time. Blockbuster, was Remi- fun. Rewind how me. much fun was Blockbuster? It was great. You walk the aisles. It's it's better yeah, than grocery releases. shopping. You go, you check out. The, there the was be- frustration of of the movie you wanted not being there. I was a big fan of the sports section. You'd be like NFL bloopers. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> Do you want to watch NFL bloopers? Do I? Do I? I want it so bad. 
Well, it's it's almost see. I don't know if anyone else has this struggle. I I'm having issues now when it's time to sit down and watch <laughs> a movie. You got Netflix, and you got your cable on yeah. demand, and you like you got Amazon Prime. You got everything, and I can't ever make a decision on where to go. I will. I will go through these movies, and I always felt like it was it's much. It's overwhelming, e- too much. I don't know why it was easier for me in the days of Blockbuster. You I go agree. to the store, you walk through, you had new releases, and you had the old ones. Right. And I feel like now there's <laughs> Netflix doesn't really have new releases. It has sort of the Netflix new releases only. Right. And it has all these movies. It's like, well, this is the movie we got for this month, and it's okay. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. like. That you're not. You don't have all the good ones. You just you sort of have their their sort of few good ones and mostly crap. It ones. It can be challenging to find. There was there was a simplicity to the process of at least selecting a movie at Blockbuster. Because you know what, every good movie was in Blockbuster. Because that's what they did. All right. There was no. Hey, we have the rights to Marvel. Hey, we have the rights to you know these yeah, good they movies. Didn't we have. They have. They had everything. And so you at least knew when you went to Blockbusters, like, well, the best thousand movies ever made are in this building. And if you can't find one of those, it's on you. But I think, you know, sometimes I feel like I go through Netflix. I'm like, ah, not really. It's tough. Well, I mean, it's like it's it's almost like a menu in at a restaurant. It's way easier to make a decision when there's like the menu is one page rather than like Cheesecake Factory or like oh, you're yeah. like go to page 47 and it's that's hard. I'm ha- I have huge paralysis by analysis with my movie choosing but you and I um, were I was just big on. I watched a lot of sports thing like I I enjoyed You had all the Michael all Jordan All the Michael Jordan, Jordan so come, come fly with me yeah. playground airtime like I love those yeah. NBA jam session to this day. It was the most fun. I mean, they would, these songs were fucking tight. I mean, and it I was mean, just like some guy, Tom, Hoffman, yeah. <laughs> and they did a whole, we need to go, we'll all YouTube this afterward. They did a, uh, I think to don't sweat the technique. They did a whole thing on passing and you had like Mark Jackson magic stocked in. And I was just like, oh, this is good. (laughs) Steely Dan reeling in the years. They like look back at Russell and like have a check. I remember when I was little, I was like. We watched all of those videos. It was amazing. Everything. Because it was amazing. Okay. Now remind me here. You went. So if you rented a movie. You would have to rewind it, or you would get. Remember the whole "be kind, f- rewind." I don't know if you got. Did a you fine get a fine? Or, I don't think so, but I think. I think you did. did maybe you? get a fine. I don't know. Maybe you did. Be I can't kind, remember. Rewind. But I just remember the whole "be kind, rewind" thing. Maybe it was depending on the if the store, the video store. Maybe I mean to. I'm I'm. It's so long ago. I can't really because remember. did they ever come back? Like, I don't know if I don't know. I think they just like it. It stayed in its little package. Well, I think you had an account, and if you were... You had a Blockbuster card. If you took the chance, <laughs> that card was coming up with a fine on it. They'd so I was swipe. expecting, like, TSA PreCheck to be able to reference something like that. Like, it says here, you've never returned Micro Machines on Sega Genesis. <laughs> Where is that? Like, I thought it was going to be... But it really was... And we want to let you into our nation's airports, huh? <laughs> Faster really? than normal? <laughs> I don't know. You're going to get in the regular line and take off your shoes and all that nonsense. But yeah, I'm a, you need to do it. I'll t- like, it was pretty, pretty simple. I mean, I got fingerprint. I mean, right now the FBI's got me dead to rights if they need me. I mean, so many fingerprints were given. See, I'm, border- I'm-, I'm borderline a person that is, considers 
what my options are for getting off the grid. Like, do I give up my phone? Do what? Like, do I get off? That's the thing. At what point do you ha- like? At what point do you do you got to do that because the world's going to get to where they have everything on you and somebody could control your life in a See, second? See, that's the thing. Two things. Number one, I thought about that a lot. You need to watch El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie. Okay. Because there, you know, there's a little bit of that on like having to get off the grid. I mean, that's what happened with Walt. Spoiler alert. You know, he had to like call the vacuum guy and like get off the grid. Yeah. You know, and you think you think about that, but then there's a lot of people. You know, last week we talked about like, does Bo need to get on Twitter? I got so many tweets from people like, Oh yeah, Bo, get on Twitter. I just don't. A part of me looks at you and I see the innocence and the purity of a person that has not been just ridden with the sickness of social media, and I envy you. So there's a part of me that, like, I want to be you. So I almost, like, don't want you to get on Twitter. Well, I see everybody that's on it, and the only takeaway is that this is horrible because everybody, all they do is complain. Yes. And And then you feel compelled to constantly be on it. And I don't know that people necessarily enjoy I it. Way, I am like, I'd, all I do is like promote my pod and that's it. Like I've just pulled way back on it. I, I, I'm not, I mean, look at Daryl Morey started an international incident with a tweet. He tweeted something and China won't do business with the NBA anymore. <laughs> that's how the world works? So Wait like, a minute. That's how the world like, works. Man, it's just Twitter. It's like, well... It's that's like, how the world works. That's how the world works now. I, I, it's beyond my comprehension. Yeah. So I, there's, I was thinking about it as like every day, like more and more tweets would come in and be like, yeah, get Bo on Twitter. I'm like, I look at you as my best friend. I, I just, I can see that I can see the innocence. I, I look at you and I see who I was pre Twitter and social media. And I just don't want you to do you it. You know, I, I do would like slapstick being like, yeah, hey, you're an idiot, rude. Do you want that in your life? Well, that's I mean, what it's going to be. It, it, it happens from time to time in reality. So, like, <laughs> that means it would happen more if it was on there. So, I don't know. I mean, I I see my wife's Instagram, and it's nice because there's pictures. So, I, I kind of like the idea of that. I don't mind. Inst- Instagram's not as yeah, volatile. It's just, it's just pictures. Yeah. It's kind of great. Yeah. But I, I just see Twitter, and it's like everyone's like, all right, I'd like to. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go into a hole mode here for about an hour and I'm gonna do some tweeting. All right. Who's up first? Okay. Oh yeah, that's a nice comment. Guess what? Like you're a son of a You know what's crazy? No, what's crazy is when you get someone, you know, I'll get every once in a while you get you know someone that just like comes in just like eviscerates your soul on Twitter. And usually when you quick you click on their their profile and look at their previous tweets, but it is like whoever this person is, they are sitting there and just be it, you know. Maybe it's the just. Gr- maybe that's their therapy. Is like, all right, um, I'm the nicest guy in the world. My name is uh, Clark, Clark Manyweather, and uh, I'm very nice to everyone. And then he's just like, but my my therapist recommended that for an hour a day, every single day of the week, I I get in touch with my anger, and so I find people that I have hostilities against, and I, well. Let's just say, I swear at their asses all day. (laughs) No, but honestly, you wonder if there's some people that just like, that's how they like release their, I mean, some people work out, some people read, some people, whatever, you know, like get angry on some people like by typing, I guess that's what it is, but it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Uh, 
I don't, I don't know. I, so I'm, we're TBD on you joining Twitter because a yeah, part of I'm, me feels like I need to utilize my, my presidential veto power. Uh, <laughs> That's the people are talking about it. This bow on Twitter. <laughs> oh man! I might have to veto it, dog. I might have to. Veto it. Okay. Uh, what were we talking? Time check. Twelve minutes oh, into the pod, we haven't even okay. talked about the game. Do we want to? Do we want to do it? Talk about Nebraska football? Yeah, I guess. I'm good. No, no. This uh, I actually do. Me and you, like, it's been such a habit of our life that after we, every Nebraska football game. We always we would do this. this for a decade. We've done this where we just call each other and talk about Nebraska football. So yes. the fact that we can't right after the game. Yeah, last night was hard. It was hard because especially when we lose, I think that's when we yeah I need really I, have a lot to say. I so need to have my th- I have therapy. A, I have a lot of thoughts. I've been keeping them to myself. Okay, we ready to unleash them? Yeah, my All wife right. my wife was trying to console me last night, but I was. Is there any worse than when like someone you don't want to like hit? Like, oh, it's, it's going to be okay. They are going to fight still. And you just like, you appreciate, I said, yeah, I appreciate you trying, but like, I know it's a game and I'm almost mad that I'm mad about a game. <laughs> so like, you know. Pointing out that it's just a game yeah, does not make me go, oh yeah. Like, I know this is crazy that I'm this mad, but I am this mad. Okay. So we ready to do this? I'm ready. Yep. All right. I mean, we'll start with this. Saturday night, to me, was by far the most alarming, concerning thing that has happened in the, what is it now, 19 games that Frost has taken over. Like, that Saturday night was way worse, 10,000 times worse than the Ohio State blowout. Because it, it kind of does not kind of feel like every bad moment or, or loss so far in the Frost era could kind of be explained or rationalized to a certain degree. Like this is, to me, this is maybe the first loss that I can't really even begin to try to explain this because it's important to keep this in mind when you are assessing what happened in Minneapolis. The Minnesota team that absolutely kicked Nebraska's teeth in, ran for 322 yards, got up 34-0. That same Minnesota team struggled big time in the non-con last month with South Dakota State, Fresno State, and Georgia Southern. They had to have, I think they, I was reading a Mitch Sherman story, in all three of those games, they they were one in the last 90 seconds of the game in regulation or overtime. Minnesota rushed for 2.6 yards per carry, or yards per attempt against those teams. Against Nebraska, they ran for 322 yards. They ran for 9.6 yards per attempt in the first half. Like, so I guess just to me last night, and this is where we talk about Twitter and like save your outrage. Like when people get outraged after like the South Alabama win or the North, it's like save your outrage for like real, like <laughs> last night was to me the first legit code red outrageous thing I've seen because last night, Bo, was not about skill or talent. It was about something else, and we're going to get into whatever that else was. But yeah. I don't know how you – like, that's how – last night was the first, like, whoa moment. Yeah. You know, it was um, – it was the – maybe the worst time that they could have 
possibly played what looked to me like their letdown game. The game that they... They looked like they had minimal interest in being out there to me. Yeah, they they had minimal... I mean, I, I don't know that they... That the, they didn't necessarily lack effort as much as they lacked what from, to me they lacked toughness. Yeah, they lacked toughness and they lacked. That's interesting. Discipline. Do you think there's a different? Because like I think there may be. Uh, yeah, effort and toughness are a little bit. They're a little different. I, yeah, I think they're different. And to me, they weren't tough and they weren't disciplined. Um, and usually most teams, not just Nebraska, but for sure Nebraska, but most teams have one game a year that is their sort yeah. of their letdown game yeah. where you don't show up. I mean, I think against Ohio State, I think they showed up and tried to play. Just they couldn't win that game, right? Yeah. And again, I, you can explain that away because I, you it's can explain all it. like this is their game that for whatever reason, I don't think they just their hearts weren't in it. They 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 weren't ready for a fight. And Minnesota was ready to fight in the cold. Yeah. Like in the muck, they wanted to be physical and they wanted to play, and I I just didn't see it out of our guys. Yeah, I, I I think that like, that was one of the first things that jumped out at me was Nebraska looked they looked cold and they looked soft to me. Like you you've been yeah. I've played in cold weather, you've played in cold weather. I'm sure you've there are sometimes when you're competing against someone in the cold where it looks like they would give anything to just go hit the hot shower and get a blanket. Oh, God, And to yeah. me, everybody on the field for Nebraska against Minnesota looked like they just – all they wanted to do was hit – get a warm shower and a blankie. That's what they looked like. Oh, I mean, it was like – it's amazing how much that – that's exactly how I saw it too where – They didn't want any part yeah, of it so, last night. So I always took it as if I'm from Nebraska, which is a cold-weather state, I, you know, we, I wasn't played during the big 12 era. And when you got the Texas teams up in the state, like I always felt like, man, here's, here's our chance to have an advantage. It's cold. The fast guys, which they usually have more of are a little less fast and a little less, uh, apt at, at yes. playing explode. Like it, they're out of their game. And I always felt like I could play the game. I always played. That was always my take. But now we're playing against Minnesota. It's a colder state than us. And to me, they look like that was the case. And we were the warm weather team. Yes. That's how it looked like, oh, they're comfortable in this. They're playing physical. And, you know, they're tackling. And we can't block and we can't tackle in that weather. Yeah. It, it, that's what it looked like. Yes. And so how much was – because one of the talking points in the media all week was – the I think it might have been Ryan Held or Troy Walters. Some people were talking about they didn't do anything to prepare for the cold. They're like, listen, it's a mindset. Just I, get, I think they went out on Friday when it's yeah. cold out and they practiced. But that, apparently, but. I guess just apparently PJ Fleck and those guys they did a lot. Like they did, they made the receivers like put their hands in cold, like yeah, the cold tub, and then have to cat. Like they apparently did a lot. And Fleck even after the game made a comment about that of saying that we worked hard. I'm paraphrasing here. We worked hard to get ready for the weather. He goes, and I heard some quote that they didn't, and I thought it kind of showed. Do you? I guess the first, I mean, and again, uh, a lot of it goes to a mentality of toughness. I mean, to me, yeah. it's like just, I, yeah, it's cold. It's cold. Like, I, I think uh, if you can't beat the cold, I mean, come uh, on. You know how much you can practice it is one thing, but 
I don't mind doing stuff to simulate it, whether it works or not. I think it's just it's one more thing that is a you try to give yourself any mental edge you can. So right. I, I like doing stuff like whatever Fleck was doing. It seems outrageous. I like doing that type of stuff. Not that it even helps, but it just makes you feel. It gives like- your mind good. when you're out there. You're the one thing you have is the mental edge. You go. These guys don't want to be out here. Yeah. And to me, whether that was the case or not, it looked like that was the case that, for Minnesota versus Nebraska. I agree. And so I wanted to start with that. I'm glad you saw the same thing. Like, that was the first thing that jumped out of me in the first quarter was like, oh, my God, those guys look cold. You know, like their body, everybody looked cold and just soft. And again, like if you would have presented any of those guys like, hey, there's one of those showers that it's just shower is just I mean, it's so hot, hot. cocoa. And Hot you cocoa. Got you got, I mean, I'm talking, I got a blanket. That is <laughs> we warmed, we put, hey, we put the towel in the dryer. We put the towel in the dryer and then there's hot cocoa. So we're going to wrap you in the warm towel. So, like, I'll take it. I'll I take mean, it. If you would have presented any of them, they'd have been like, you got your ah, you deal. Got I will, I will see you deal. in the shower. <laughs> Make it hot. Not only you got your deal, but I appreciate you. So, I, And then the stewardess is going to walk around with one of those warm little rollout. Little Hot towels you can put, you on just put it on your face. Just sit there. And you can just get a blanket. The best blankets. I know the best. <laughs> I, got, I, got I got a blanket the best guy. Shower. I got a blanket I got a blanket guy. guy. <laughs> I make deals. He makes deals. Everyone's making a blanket deal. I got, blanket I got the best one. But so that was the that was the first thing that jumped to me. The, the other thing I want to ask you about was uh, how hard is it? Because I don't know this. The whole, some people are talking about they needed, a, like they've gone seven straight, is seven straight weeks without a bye. How hard is that? Because that's the other thing. It's you wonder, there, there is an element of like you have the bye week and you wonder how many of those guys are like, fuck, man, I just. Well, well in this coaching staff, I don't think they've had a bye week in three years or something. Because think about last year. It is, that's a good point. Like, so last year at Central Florida, they had all the, they had a couple of, uh, like the hurricane canceled yeah. a few games, which led to a, I don't think they had a buy. Then last week because of the wet or last year because of the weather, they did they go twelve straight weeks? Yeah, no buys last year because they had one buy last year and then they played uh Bethune Bethune Cookman. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. And uh and then this year so it's like they just look like a team that need you like in every way, whether it's the weather or whatever, they looked like a team that needed a break. It is. They are a team that needs a break bad. One to get healthy. Their best their best players are all hurt. Yeah. The, that's one, uh, but two, it, it's a it's it's really disappointing when you look at the landscape. And we talked about this last week. The setup we had for the rest of this year. What a missed opportunity, no doubt, to win this Big Ten West game and set yourself up to be in it for the rest of the year and be in a great spot to even to have that chance at at a, a big a Big Ten West title, and uh, against a team you beat last year to not play better than that, it's just disappointing yeah. because they had they had a lot in front of them still. They they actually still are alive, which yeah. is good, but but the opportunity was this week, and they they just they had no instinct to take that. And yeah, it, it's funny, and, and this probably makes it it sounds silly to even say this out loud, but it, like, it went from last night feeling like heading into the game, Nebraska was going to potentially be in the West Division race, to now it kind of feels like it's going to be a grind to get to a bowl. And 
we'll get more into that, shelve that, yeah. and we'll get more into that at the end. What uh you want, let's start let's let's start with the I want to talk about the defense for a second cuz I yeah. I told you before when I wanted you to explain what happened. But can I start with this real quick? And I know you aren't on Twitter so you maybe don't see this, but like it is I I I shouldn't say it's puzzling because I understand it. Uh I mean I don't agree with it, but I understand it. So the defense was bad last night. Everybody knows that. Yeah. But it is amazing to me how much quicker Husker fans are ready to pounce and crush the defense more than they are ever to criticize the offense. Like it that and and that's all back to I mean I've explained this before it's like Frost is a, associated with the offense. People don't want to criticize the offense. I think people are, there was a lot of people in their mind for whatever reasons, had their reservations about Eric Chenander. So there's, so they're, they're, it's, it's just weird to me how people are like ready to crush the defense. And then, but they're, but yet no one really wants to crush the offense. It's like everyone does realize that if it, the defense has won, won pretty much three games for them this year, two. I mean, like South Alabama, Northwestern for sure. Like they, yeah. they have, the, the defense was great last night, but this defense has kind of carried the team. So I guess just that's the first thing. It's always interesting to me how people are ready to crush the defense and they're real slow to crush the offense. I think just Nebraska, our state mentality has always, I think, been more on that side. Of the play ball. play good defense is sort of what we're known for. And I think we're, a you know, run the ball, control the clock. I mean, I think they they expect less in terms of scoring than they do. Yeah, you probably they maybe that's what it is. more yeah. out of the defense. I think that's part of why they I, I just say, I don't know. To me, it's just like everybody's like, oh man, the defense. It's like, well, you do. I mean, the defense has carried, yeah. carried this team so far. So, yeah, I, pardon me for not wanting to kill them for having one clunker yeah. when the offense has been a clunker for really the lion's share of the entire season. But with all that said, Mr. Former All Big 12 linebacker and NFL draft pick in the New England Patriots, you need to explain it to me. What was happening? Because it looked like. It wasn't like Minnesota was doing anything that struck me as super complex or anything like that. What the hell happened for all of a sudden a Minnesota rushing attack that hasn't been great? Again, I gave you the numbers against their non-con op- opponents. Opponents to they look like they could. They, they were again they were averaging nine point six yards per carry in the first half. What was happening? Um, so, like I said, I, I watch. I always watch it on when I'm at home. I do a little tape delay. Yeah. We, you know, it's where you. You start the game about 30, 40 minutes late, watch commercial free. But the nice part is you kind of have a little bit more freedom to rewind. Yeah. During the, I, so I'll rewind after a play that doesn't go well. And I, I want to see what's going on. That's just sort of like a habit. As I, I want to see, okay, what happened there? And it basically came down to two things. One, it was like we didn't tackle well, right? So everybody was coming up and either tackling – not physical enough and getting dragged and getting ran through, or they were hitting and not wrapping. Okay. Two, so two two problems. It was just in general the tackling was bad. bad. Yeah, very bad. But there was nothing they did schematically. I think that was like, wow, that's really tricky. It was just they were. I kept seeing their guys reach our guys in the trenches. So they were, you know, these zones and these running. You know, they'd run to the edge and. And they were getting our to our guys. They were hooking them, and 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 they they kept 
pretty consistently throughout the game, you know, basically just blocking them how they want. Like when you block a scheme, even if they, we know it's coming, but they block it up, they blocked it up. And so that was the combination. Just, we couldn't tackle in the cold. And those, it, it was a pretty, it's a pretty simple explanation because there wasn't a lot to it. I mean, it was just simply like they executed and we couldn't stop it. That's just crazy. When, especially again, considering like, okay, M- Michigan last year, it's like Nebraska doesn't have those kinds of players. Ohio yeah. State this year, it's like Nebraska doesn't have that. Like you could chalk it up to the talent thing. It's just, it's, it's, again, I would talk like it's a, it's scary that Minnesota, a team that is not necessarily now they're again they're big guys, but it's not like they've they, been they grow them big. I mean, yeah, my, so big my old boys. Up my dad's side of the family, they're all Minnesotans. Yeah, they're big. I've yeah. got a, a couple of cousins that played for Minnesota, and they're big people. So right. there's all the one thing is like they're never short on large human beings. Yeah. in Minnesota, so <laughs> they always have huge linemen, huge tight ends. Yes. It seems like, but like those guys. That they had, they all were blocking physical. You could see they were hung. Their tight ends, I, I was watching those tight ends block, and they were physical. They were digging our guys out on those yeah. those sort of zone fallback plays. and um, So it so sounds like it was one of those games where it was like, there's sometimes what someone does isn't complicated. It's just about whether or not you're going to be up for the fight. Yeah, it was basically... To me, the game, the more I think about it, it was more like the Northwestern game it was almost identical. Like we were super conservative in offense. We didn't turn the ball over. They didn't turn the ball over. Um, the difference was Minnesota's line was a little bit better and they just blocked us. They blocked us a lot better and, and their running backs were better and they were physical. They ran through all of our tackles. And so it's, I mean, to say we like, there's much more to it than that. that that's what's disheartening to me was, it was like, it's pretty straightforward. Like, they blocked. They were, how, they were getting our guys. How were you ever? Because I'm trying to think of all your years at Nebraska. Did you ever have a year where you, when you were on defense, you knew your offense was just not very good? Uh, 2004 was a horrible year for offense. That was Callahan's first year. Oh, okay, so yeah, Joe Daly. Joe and, Daly, yeah. and um, we didn't have anybody to play receiver though. So it was. It, Right. It that, was that basically was the definition of court, like yeah, we, you had a team that was recruited to run a certain well, style yeah. and all of a sudden it's a total we flip. Had, we had I was like Joe. I was just Joe playing, was a nice guy. Nice guy. But yeah. but you know, like that was the the year we lost to Texas Tech, but that game wasn't a blowout until the fourth quarter when we turned it over like five straight times inside and like, you know, then it so, goes from thirty yeah, to seventy. It balloons. But like we had all these defensive all this defensive talent, right? Because because it is amazing. because what I guess what I'm getting I'm trying to get at the mentality and how it wear how it's I wonder does it wear on you defensively when you just you know you're just gonna get oh, no help right no now. No question. No question and we've talked about this a little before where it's hard to play defense when you know you're the offense isn't sc- when the offense is scoring it takes pressure off the defense. And it, it puts more pressure on the other offense, right? They got to keep scoring. So instead, like they got a lead and we're not moving the ball and like they can just keep taking chances and like they have all the confidence in the world and we have none. So right. um, it's for sure, it's for sure plays against you on defense where if your offense is, it's hard to go out there over and over and over, like 
when you're when you're just constantly on the field going like how many times do we got to stop them? Well, that, right? that's what, I mean that's because I thought last night was the first time that I I thought it looked like it was it was really like it looked like for the first time the defense kind of quits a strong word but it looked like they were they had kind of like the they let the the dam broke and they were like fuck it to a, a certain bit. extent and I think I a think a bit. part of that is like when you when 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 you know you're not getting any support for week after week after week. It, it can be tempting to just be like, I mean, it can just wear on you. It does. And I mean, you want people to be competitors and play no matter what. And that's, that's the ultimate, what you want, but it is like you're down 21, nothing. And then your offense goes three and out three. And then you're just like, and then you just kind of like, that's what it it felt like. It, It gets tough and you can feel it. Now, so so to kind of play on that, you're asking about. I, I thought this was telling. You're asking about well, what happened? Um, and Frost said this at the at the post game. Okay, he says we knew what run plays they were going to run. They ran them and they worked. He says right now we're having to pick and choose run plays on our side, and to try to scheme too much instead of just winning up front like being able to rely on a run. Yeah. So that that was telling to me cuz he put it so simply like they ran what they we did what they were going to do. Yeah. And they just did it though. Right. So we couldn't stop them doing what we knew they were going to do. So that just tells me like well they just won the physical battle. And that's a bad feeling as a team where you go I, I thought we were right there with them physically. I right. thought we would be um and we didn't either show up or we're not there because one of the, two. One, one of the things there, there are what I love. One of the f- great things about football is there's like some things, there are things that can happen in the game that are, that are demoralizing that add up. And how many times last night did the O line come push the pile forward? Oh, Every time. And those things, like, the crowd reacts to it. Everyone, it's demoralizing for the defense, and it pumps energy into you offensively. Because there's something, there is, there is, at the end of the day, you can just strip football down to the primitive aspect of, like, I am here, you're here, I'm going to move you over here. And that, that, just like a little, but that goes back to the mentality of, like, they were ready to fight. And Nebraska wasn't ready to fight. Our piles never moved. Theirs always did. We we missed a lot of tackles at the one and two yard mark, and they'd get eight or nine then. And we it never happened. They always when they hit us at the line, we stopped. Right. So that like I said, those things add up over the course of a game where by right. the third quarter you're just like it's over. You just got beat. Because that's, that's what that's what getting beat is. That, that's what because you know because there was something so startling about last night's defensive performance, and I think a lot of it goes back to to they feel worn out having to shoulder so much of the load of trying to win when you have an offense that is just giving you nothing. Another nugget from uh, from I think it was Mitch Sherman's piece, like on the offensive struggles. Nebraska has scored one touchdown in each of the last three games. The, that's the first time that has happened in the regular season since 1967. Like this is this is a this is a a, a stretch of inept offense 
that is even like worse than like I'm looking at remember how bad the 2009 offense was even they didn't have a stretch of three games quite like this like the, I don't think people understand how horrible Nebraska's offense is right now well you it's can, horrible well I think we can all feel it when like every single possession we're on offense I'm like oh my god just like, get a first down can we get a first down where you know most most teams I don't think feel this way no and and so you, you what's I, and so I think the other thing that you saw last night was the the offensive issues are beyond just the quarterback. Vedral was fine. I thought there were times where Vedral actually ran a little harder than Martinez in certain spots. But I, I think you could tell last night that like Vedral isn't the like plugging in Vedral doesn't all of a sudden make the offense click or something like that. I think maybe that game uh, maybe solidified Martinez <laughs> by by not playing because I think it showed us where everybody else is at when he's not in there. Because let me just tell you something. The offense looked worse with him out of there. Um, not that I, I, I'm going to give Vedral credit. I thought Vedral did a good job. He did not turn the ball over. Yeah. He ran tough. Um, he was fine. He was that, fine. I mean, that's, that's all you could say. Like, and that's all I was – that's all I'd ask out of him. And, and like I said, it was a similar offensive game as we played against Northwestern. Except for the defense just played a lot better. Yes. And kept us in and it was a, you know, we win, we win, we eke one out against Northwestern, right? But uh, we we can't get any points against Minnesota. I mean, we could not score. It felt like that game could have, you could have played another, that, that game could have gone on for another eight quarters and, and Nebraska and the, wasn't going to score. And like that garbage time, those garbage, that garbage time touchdown, like I, I don't even consider that. that to me, they got shut part. out last night. Yeah, that was like, a shutout game. Like I don't Minnesota was already they were already in the locker room celebrating. That yes. Point. So I, I don't want to say that. Well, now that they got it clicking at the end of the game, like that doesn't count to me because, because the other team. Yeah. Give me a checks break. out. Yeah. Um, Nebraska now leads the Big Ten in sacks given up. That's it's a big. So big that problem that to me, I mean, that to me is the story. If you're going to say, what's the story of the offense that you learned? I mean, we've been talking about only about receivers these first five weeks. Man, we got yeah. We got to find somebody. Which is that nothing has changed there. The offensive line, they got put in the spotlight this week because Martinez is out. So Vedral's in, and Vedral did his job. Yeah, Vedral went in there and did his job for a week as a backup quarterback who's having his first start. He did everything he was supposed to do. He took care of the ball. He ran tough when they asked him to. He tried to make good decisions in the passing game, but but what you found out was this line, they are not ready to beat anybody. Because you can't like if you if you can't drop back and throw a pass, you know, without getting sacked half the time. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna it's do? It's such a good point though. You bring like I it's funny I didn't even think about that. Like whenever there is a backup quarterback that's gonna start a game, usually it's it's incumbent. Everybody, you know, like everyone knows, like you know, step oh, your everybody, game up. everybody's got to, you know, the running backs know they got to do a little better. We, receivers got to work a little harder to get open. O lines got to work. Like it's this this thing that clicks, and it's pretty evident that in came Vedral, and those guys couldn't they couldn't raise their game at all. And in fact, Martinez covers up for a lot of shit, and they look pretty shaky. Yeah. It, 
it just. But yeah, I mean, you can't. You're not going to win any. I mean, when you're when you are get when I'd like to see a stat on at the end of a season, whoever is dead last in the conference in sacks given up, where they finish record wise in the con- like not probably not good. good. Not you, good you, at all. you your quarterback gets sacked a lot. That's a problem. It's just it, then all of a sudden we it's to the point where we don't feel we can just run the plays we want to run because there's no trust where right I mean I just can't remember the last time we dropped back and had too much time where he just sit and look yeah. and sit and look and and it's just I think that that part is the biggest takeaway I that I took from this game was in the trenches, we are a long ways away. And until we're good there, we can never be good. The, the, uh, when I was driving home last night, I, was, I, I, I clicked on Bigger Dober Reaction, and there's a caller that actually had a great line. That's so true along those lines. You know, there's people say, like, offense wins games, defense wins championships. You know that cliche. But really, it's offense wins games, trenches win championships. Yeah. Like, basically, you can't win anything of substance in football if you aren't good in the trenches. And right now, it it feels like, especially in the offensive side of the ball, they got a long way to go there. Yes. It, and so, I mean, the the other thing, and I, I threw this at you, I wish because your reaction was, I wish I wouldn't have, this is why you got saved for the pod. But I mean, again, the thing that's remarkable is – I pulled up last year's box score for Nebraska against Minnesota. So largely the same cast of characters. Nebraska hung 53 points on Minnesota. Martinez was 25 of 29, 276 yards and three touchdowns. Nebraska had not one, not two, but three different 100-yard rushers. Ozigbo went for a buck 52. Martinez went for 125. And Maurice Washington went for 109. Stanley Morgan had 10 receptions for 163 yards and two touchdowns. J.D. Spielman had eight catches for 77 yards and a touchdown. That's what happened last year against this Minnesota team. Fast forward a year later, Nebraska basically gets shut out and couldn't even move the ball at all. And so you're just trying to, like, did Tanner Farmer, Gerald Foster, Divino Zigbo, and Stanley Morgan make that big of a difference? You know, if you just name those guys, I don't think you go. I don't think you actually think, man, those guys are all game changers. Because none of them got drafted. We could, yeah, we we could use them all though. Right now is what you find out is, you know, five guys do make a difference. But man, it's I don't I don't have a good answer for you on how we can be fifty three points to basically shut out with nearly the same team. That that's the thing that I think is, you know, when you talk about concerns and all those things, the 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 regression and the ineptness of the offense is really startling. Like where this again, this is this offense. Like stop and smell the roses for a second. Yeah. South Alabama, horrible, horrible. Uh, Colorado, they were okay to me. I didn't. I don't think they were great. They were no. okay. Uh, Illinois, they they ended up having a lot of yards and they, they were pretty solid against Illinois. Northern Illinois, they were okay. Northwest and then Ohio State, awful. Northwestern, awful. Minnesota, awful. Like, and this is supposed to be the headliner 
for the like this was like again this defense isn't built like Wisconsin and Michigan State's and all this stuff to like they're not really a, a, a this program's not meant for the defense to have to carry the team yeah like it's just not and so it's the the regression of the offense is like startling I mean I bet right now if we pulled up and watched the Minnesota game from last year it'd be like well what the what the hell is this I, I don't have – I mean, really, I it, it's hard to explain that one. It, this year has been hard to explain on a lot of levels. Yeah. Because I, I do, in all sincerity, think we are improving. I think – I totally believe we have been improving since the day Frost got here. But I, I just can't explain sort of like some of the things that go on. Like, yeah. I, I really can't. So – that that's probably a weird statement to no, make. No, I know what you're saying, but I I I believe it. I I just I'm trying. I try to to look at things with, you know, with both eyes open and see what's going on. And this is one of those I just go. I mean, you here. So here here's one that I went looking. I'm just started looking at. I went. I go, man. I go. We just don't look like we got the horses right now. So I I went and I started digging through the last five years of our recruiting classes. And I started looking through and I go, okay, that guy actually plays that guy. Who's this guy? That guy's not on the team, right? And you go mm-hmm. through. And from 2015 to 2019, uh, I, I wrote down from each year a total of, let's see, 15. There was about 29 guys that I call guys that play, right? right. So these are – these are starters and rotation guys that, you know, they might be a couple D linemen, a couple sure. DBs, a couple receivers coming uh, from the years. And so I kind of marked them by year. So in the in the 2015 year, there's five guys from that class that actually are playing. In the 2016, there's 10. From the 2017 class, there's two. In the 2018 class, Frost's first year, there's eight. And the 2019, all the young guys this year, plus transfers, there's four. So looking at that, the big thing that stands out is that 2017 year, Riley's last year, right? two guys, and these would be juniors this year. Right. That's a good point. Like, juniors this year, the guys we got that you would, nothing. Right. We got nothing out of this 2017. And so then I, I went down and said, well, how many of these guys that are playing are actually guys that would play elsewhere? And out of the, each of those numbers – there's less, right? So there might be three from 2015, six, five, three. How many of these guys are NFL guys from all those? And there's about two, one, zero, one, one, one or two. You know, so it's amazing that I think especially that 2017, that 2017 class. Yeah, stands out. I mean, that's a startling. That stands. I mean, the, you wish that. Because there's a re- there's a reality to the to the roster that is that is pretty much kind of summarized there. Yeah. So I mean, the 2017 and 2016 classes. I mean, 2016. There's more guys that are quote unquote playing, but I mean, the amount of guys that are difference makers uh, from the the 15, 16, and 17. It's like so. Like I get I I don't want to put this all on just Riley's recruiting classes because frost 2018 class i mean that was it was thrown together that's net it's never going to be a good class but even that he's got eight guys from the 2018 class so redshirt freshman playing uh 
versus the twenty seventeen's got two, and all and basically none of them are guys that are like going to be pros or big time. So I it's think, like that's leaving the cupboard bare. I man. think I think one of the things that could be happening as you're saying all that is it it almost feels like the program now is paying for all of the sins of the past. 15 years. 15 years. It's all coming to... It's almost like that, uh, you know, the everybody maybe has that buddy that, you know, is like a smoker, drinker, lives hard, and it's like, they, they like, they get away with it, they get away with it, they get away with it, and then all of a sudden they turn 40 or something like that, and all of a sudden, all those years of not taking care of yourself and smoke, all this stuff, all of a sudden, all catches up to you. And all of a sudden now, in one year... You're paying for the sins of what happened for the past 10 years. And while you may be going, well, I'm not doing anything. This year, I feel like it's, why is it happening this year? It's like, well, it's not just about now. It's what's been happening in the past. Yeah. And you you think about how you it is hard to endure the amount of changes. Nebraska's had three different strength coaches, three different head coaches. They've had... Four different defensive coordinators. They've had like the, there has been constant change. Change, and it feels like. And listen, you might be listening right now. I'd be like, oh, here come the excuses. Okay, I mean, if you want to, you know, if no, you want to play that game, that's I, fine. I'm, try, I'm trying to understand. That's my whole thing. Here, that's I'm my thing. Is trying like, to figure it out. What rather than here's the thing. We we can do the whole thing of turning on the mics and just bitch. Yeah. You know, we we can just bitch and complain and all that stuff, but. We can also try to explain, try to explain what's happening. Well, there's not some, saying I got the answers, but no, like, I, and I don't either. I I just started, I just I I started looking at because I'd never, you know, I don't really look at the recruiting stuff, but I went through and I looked at that because the first thing that really stood out to me is that 2017 class. I went, well, there's nobody on the team from that class, and they go, these should be the guys that are, you know, really start like when you're a redshirt sophomore or a true junior. That should be the you core are, of your team. You are you are playing like you are contributing. Like yeah. you look at Ohio State, there a lot of their rosters is juniors and seniors. Right. A lot of juniors. And like, you know, we we've got a lot of young guys playing. And I think two things happen with young guys, like they can't do as much, they make more mistakes, and they get hurt a lot. It's just part of being young. You're and you're not ready for physical football usually against guys that are older right. and strong. Because when you get to that age, you get to become a senior. All of a sudden, everybody's not as big and strong and fast as they used to be. Right. And not as much change. It's just you got older, and then people get younger. It's it's so it's great. I remember I remember feeling when I was a sophomore, I was like, man, it was like some games you just felt like, whew, it was hard. It was yeah. hard. It was hard to hold up in there. And by the time you were a senior, you were like, oh, I think you uh, always felt just like so uh, much more. Like uh, it's not even you ask anybody. I, I think confident. about the handful of games that I got thrown out there when I was a freshman or sophomore playing college basketball, big time college basketball for Kansas. Yeah, and, and then I think about how I felt when I was on the floor when I was a junior and a senior, especially as a senior. And it's like it's not even comparable. Yeah, and now imagine that being like an entire your entire roster of contributors. Some of those guys are. You know, it's just a, and so I don't know. I mean, it's, you try to, cause, cause there is an element of, of watching the game last night. You're like, how is this happening? And so I think a, there's, I think it's a culmination of a lot. I think it's what we're talking about, how it kind of feels like, unfortunately, like at some point 
like all the stuff catches up to you. It feels like unfortunately everything's coming to coming to a head under this staff. And then there's the and that explains a broader thing of it. Then there's the element of the offensive struggles that are real that impact the defense's psyche, where for the first time last night the defense just said, Fuck it. And the levy broke. Yeah. And I mean, because I don't know, the other thing, you bring up some of these younger players, and you know, you and I said we want to talk about this. The we got to talk about Maurice Washington for a second because, you know, I'm talking about all these things I love about football. One of the great things about football, too, is you can't fake it and you can't hide, especially at certain positions. Football has a way. It's why all-star games don't work in football because you can't. Football's not a sport. Can't go through the motions. You can't go through the motions. You can't play half-hearted. You can't. And there is an element just observing. I don't know this to be true because I'm not around Maurice Washington every day. Maurice Washington looks like a guy that isn't all in right now. He's not and and running back is one of those positions, especially in a night like that like like last night in Minneapolis where it's 30 and cold and snowy. It's like if you don't really want to be there, it's going to show. And it looks like it's been about 3 games now where Maurice Washington looks like he doesn't want to be there. Yeah, he And they need him. And I don't know if he's hurt. Maybe he's still hurt. Um or maybe, you know, uh, he's a guy, like I said, he's a young guy that they've asked to play that physically doesn't really look like he's ready to play to me. Like, he, he's fast. Like, physically, you get him in space, he looks great. But to be a running back and ask him to run through the tackles, like, if you physically aren't capable of doing that, like, you shouldn't have to be doing that. Or or they shouldn't play it because... He's not ready to be an every down he doesn't, back in I mean, the Big you, Ten. You just he's not running through contact at all. He's not running aggressively through the line. And and it shows. And even to start the year he was running harder than this. And I'm not sure what that is. But yeah, I don't know. He's I, he's tiptoeing around and um uh, and I and I like I said, I, I don't know what, what's going on with him, but uh I, I just know this that that's not gonna work. No. That's not gonna work. To, to run like that. If he's, he's hurt, that's one thing. Yeah, if he's not, and, then and it's like... You, you don't want to say anything until you know what's going on with the kid. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's something wrong there. It's not He's not playing the way he needs to play. And Yeah. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him because I, I think, in my mind, you know, I, there's not a whole lot else to go to right now. That's why he's playing is because it's him and Mills are the only two guys. Wandale's hurt. So yeah, I think he has to play right now, but that's a bad place to be is when you're a coach and you go, We have to play somebody. Yeah. We got no choice. Or Not and, you are the best player right now. Well, and I think I think there are a lot of things, a lot of instances where that's maybe the case with this coach being a little bit hand tied with they are in between a rock and a hard place with their depth chart. I don't know that we have a depth chart. I, I mean, we're it's one like, deep. So, so I hear a lot of people that you know scream about like, well, you know, if this guy's not getting it done, you got to put in someone else. It's like, well, who? Again, we don't see practice, and I've always said that I give, I, I give coaches usually the benefit of the doubt on who's no at doubt. least playing. No doubt. 
And so you sit there, be like, you got to pull Jurgens, you got to pull this guy, you got to pull. But well, I mean, oh, yeah, if you have in a perfect world with options and depth, yeah. But I don't know that's if that's the case right now. No, we we don't have any depth, and that's become and that gets more clear every game too. And and so, it, I guess the takeaway is to me is like, you know, I started talking about this sort of recruiting gap where we we missed for you know three four years we've missed I, I think this 2019 class that our freshman this year Wandale's class I do think there's a lot of more potential in that class there's a few big linemen like mm-hmm. there's some big guys that you know in three years those guys will probably be ready um a couple good the the linebacker out of Omaha you know yeah. he's got a lot of talent and you know the Reamers kid the walk on like you know, these guys give them a couple years. I think there's some good talent there. I think the problem is, is like I said, the 17, 16, 15 classes, um, those are supposed to be the ones that are winning this year and next year. So uh, I think the, the realization that came to me is when I look at that, it's like, oh, it's, uh, it's sort of this, you know, the, 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 the good players from the 18 class that made it. You know the the Martinez's and the yeah you know Mo Washington be considered one of them if you know if he hits the weights and yeah gets it going gets, a little bit you know gets it but it's really this nineteen so it's probably like say it's a full two years before I know that I, I think that we're gonna be a competitive football I think that's team. one of the and it is what it is and you can get mad at it if you want to but it is what it is I think one of the takeaways from this year that is too bad and it's frustrating is that Nebraska's at least a year away, full year, a full. I'm talking. I'm talking all of next year. Yeah, and that is something. I think there were a lot of people that I don't think a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people thought Nebraska. I really think when because we talked about this in August, where I think when it came right down to it, a lot of a lot of Husker fans didn't expect Nebraska to win the West and go to the Big Ten championship game. But I think one thing that every Husker fan hoped to have happen this year was the year could come to an end and they could see it and well, see that it's coming next year. And I'm telling you right now, unless there is a massive, unbelievable transformation, I'm going to have a hard time feeling like in two months, Bo, if we're sitting here saying, next year, bro, look out. Let me just tell you something. Next year is going to be no different because, Nick, we don't have any different players. Like, there's going to be really no freshmen that are going to come in. I mean, there's – how many Wandales do you expect yeah, every you year? Get like you get, like, four or five years, One maybe. every couple of years. So, it's going to be the same guys. So, it's it's really the young guys in 2018 and 19 that we can develop that might turn into something, plus new guys that we get. So, you know, that that's hard. I'll say that I I didn't know – that we were as I didn't know what we were maybe when, when frost, like I I guess I thought this would probably go a little bit faster just because I think we all did. I I know you don't know what you got till you see what you got. And I think we're finally seeing what we have and we go, Oh, we thought these guys were maybe a a more elite players than they were. And these are more just like just guys, you know? And so, that that's a little hard um 
that's a little hard sometimes to stomach when I think we all bought into expectations. You know, we go down the roster like, oh, good, 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 great, great, uh, all Big 12, all Big 12, all Big 10, all Big 10. You know, like you do that. Yeah. And then you realize like, oh, no, you like you have no context for that. You just say it because you over the summer decided this guy was great in the weight room or something. like Because well, like it, until you're good on the field one year, you can't count a guy in. And I still think it's hard to rid people of – what we all grew up thinking, meaning we're all used to, if you're the starting running back at Nebraska, means you're pretty good. It means you're like, like going to go to the NFL probably and be like pretty damn good. And if you're the starting uh, defensive end at Nebraska, like you're pretty good. And the reality is like a lot of that shifted. Even one thing that I think, I think has shifted is like, I think for a lot of people, in their minds, like, like last night, I bet there are a lot of teams that now see Nebraska on their schedule and go, that's a get right game. And that is like, like hurts to even say. Where I guarantee you last night, to a certain extent, Minnesota took the field last night being like, you know, fucking kill this. Well, well, do you know what we still get? Here's the problem is people are not scared of us, but it's still an important game because our name's big enough. Right. So it's like, uh, so let's say USC stinks. Yes. Even though you're not scared of USC, guess what you usually want to do? Yeah, you want to beat, beat USC. them bad. More right. than you care about beating Oregon State or beating Washington State. Like, you want to – so teams, I swear, and, and maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm biased, but teams always give us their best, even when we're not good. <laughs> and I'm right. just like, you know, like – why does why does Maryland play Ohio State closer than us? Like I can't explain it, but I swear Ohio State brings it. Like I watched them the next week when they played Michigan State and they're dropping balls and they're they're missing plays and Michigan State's in the game. And I'm going, "Well, why don't they do that against us?" And I can't explain it. Yeah. Teams just they just have been waiting 30 or 40 years to just get at us and I'm telling you what they never it, miss an opportunity to come at the Huskers. It a uh, couple of couple of things as we kind of wrap this up. Uh, so I, I have no idea because I mean, again, I I would be the same way if I were Frost. On like, I would assume. Mar- I mean, I think if Martinez made the trip and he's not on like crutches or there's not like you hope another, he's yeah. now going to have two full weeks. You would think he's probably going to play. Yep. Wandale, same thing. It looked like if he saw his ankle, it looked like he sprained it on the inside. And he was on the sidelines, not in crutches, just standing there. So I got to think it's probably just He was this. in a boot. Was he in a boot? Yep. So, Which means that that's precautionary, but as long as he didn't break anything. I mean, I I've think, had a bad, a really bad sprained ankle. So have I. And those things can take a long... So his didn't look like it went, you know, all the way around or something. But if it's minor, he might be two, three weeks. If it's a real sprain, he could be six, eight weeks minimum. So hopefully he's okay because the reality is, I mean, if you had to say the two most important guys on offense are Martinez and Wondell Robinson. That's bam. <laughs> and the offense is already not good with those guys. Now, yep. take those guys out of there. It's like, oh, boy, that's a little scary. Yep. Uh, real quick, and this I don't even know if you care about this because I feel like what's already passed, but I want to I wanna talk about this for a second. Uh, what, was, what was kind of frustrating – and it's worth pointing out because we talked about it. Last night, 
Minnesota did what Nebraska didn't do at Colorado in the third quarter. Think about this. So Nebraska had kicked Colorado's ass in the first half, but they were only up 17 nothing. Even Minnesota had kind of kicked Nebraska's ass, but it was only 14 to nothing at half. That's what was amazing about it, even rewatching. It's like, it's only 14 nothing. One score, and you're back in this thing. But also, the other thing is true. One score for the uh, the other way, and it feels like it's over. Yep. Did it not feel like when Nebraska took the field against Colorado, if they would have just, if they would have punched in a touchdown and it's 24 Colorado would have just, just quit and it's over. Game's over. And, but, and, and last night, same thing. Here comes Minnesota. Fleck did a good job. First play, they run that little, they, they, Run a little pass to hit Tyler Johnson in the seam. Big, yeah. big gain. And they go score, and the game's over. Mm-hmm. And so it just – sometimes I think it's important to point out when someone does what Nebraska still needs to do. We talk about, like, you know, being able to choke a team out and finish them when you have them on the ropes. Minnesota did that to start the third quarter. Nebraska didn't do that against Colorado. And, like, that's still something – when you see it, I, I want to point it out because that that's the game right there. And I, and I like I said, I missed the first. I got I missed that first drive, but you know, if we go score in that first drive, the whole game's different. Like we we just it we we turn over on downs, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, we we just are. Well, you know what's it, crazy? It's not. It's it, that's where I don't know that. I mean, we're not close to where we need to be, but these games, we always look at these games, and it's always a handful of plays that swing the momentum and we've just this year, I mean, the last two years, it's, it's pretty amazing how many of those we've been on the wrong side of it. And And that's a mark of a bad team that you can't overcome. Yeah. You know, like that your margin of error, but like, look at the, did you see this graphic during the game at the 14 minute mark of the second quarter plays in opponent territory. So meaning across the 50. Yeah. Nebraska had 13 plays in Minnesota's territory. Minnesota only had three. So for the first quarter, now granted, a lot of that stuff, like for the first quarter, like look at that. We just don't, we don't got the weapons right now to, to finish anybody off. To finish off. the job. And so we're, we're so predictable because we got nowhere else to go with it. I uh, mean, did, I actually thought like Cade Warner looked like the only guy that I felt like, oh, we could throw to this guy. Right. He can get open and catch it. Other than that, I mean, do we do we can't throw at anybody else, no. can we? Not right now. And Spielman, I don't know what happened to him, but he's dropped. He dropped two punts. I mean, what is he doing on the one punt? Because that's the thing. Also, you know, because uh, that's what here. Okay, I just wrote this down. So we talk about choking a team out in the third quarter. So first possession for Minnesota, they run the big pass, great play call because they've been. You know, mm-hmm. all what did Nebraska talk about all halftime? We got to get tough and stop that run, yeah. right? So what does Minnesota do? <laughs> Right over the top, okay? And then they punch it in. Nebraska then gets stuffed, and they run the fake punt at the 50. Yeah. Then – Which here's – when I was watching that, I thought to myself, even after they stopped it, I go, I like that they tried it because you know what? The game's over if you don't get it. They they were down 21-0. The only way you win that game probably or even can be in it is you get that first down, you go score. And so really – Alan, Alan, maybe if he runs the other side, right. he might have gotten it. But I, I don't, don't mind it. I, I don't. don't actually disagree. Because Frost in the in the presser basically was like, I probably shouldn't have called that. And I go, 
I like that you called it because yeah. you know what? We didn't have any other offense. So like so they get stuffed, stuff like that. they get stuffed on the fake punt. Then the next play was remember the Minnesota guy dropped. I mean the tight end was oh, yeah. wide open and dropped. Well, the, the floodgates would have really opened. Yeah. that guy's so. And then Nebraska forced a punt. Yep. And that's when JD Spielman muffs the punt. Why he's catching it? He he tried to catch it at the six yard line. It's like what are you doing, man? Just, and you know. then Nebraska goes three and out, punts, and then. Minnesota scores on the ensuing drive where Khalil Davis gets the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty where Frost was ripping him on the sidelines yeah. for for punching him. And th- but there you go. Uh, two two things, and then we'll run. Because you and I, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about this for a second. Because how much everything we talked about at the start of like a lot of this game wasn't about talent and it wasn't about skill. A lot of it was kind of like toughness. Yeah. How much can you coach and cultivate and increase? A player's toughness, because I think that's still a huge part of well what's I, happening. Not all of it, right? I mean, you got to have tough guys to start with, hopefully. But I, I do believe there's a culture of discipline and toughness that will, you know, sort of sharpen the swords. That's a, that that's a real thing. You know, some people, um, you know, we were talking about Danny. Danny says you can't. Yeah, you yeah, can't, can't grow coach, it and coach grow it. Oh, yeah. toughness, and I think there's there's a there's a part of it you can't. I I do think like you know if you're not a tough person, you're never gonna be. But everybody's got levels of it. There's people that are tougher than others, and I think if you have a you know, I think if you have a culture where there are certain things that are tolerated and certain things that aren't, and See, that's no it. exceptions, like that that rubs off on people. And I think the people that, you know, need to, to make a leap do. And then the, if you can't make the leap, you kind of know you can't be there. I think it's more about rather than being like an co- individual coach coaching an individual per I think it's more about what you're saying, the collective culture that a collective culture is going to maximize whatever toughness is inside of somebody. Yeah. and Because if you have a bad culture around someone – it's probably you're gonna you're that person because sometimes it's human nature to want to let yourself off the hook, and that person's going to probably not maximize on their toughness. But I think it is human nature to to take the shortcut and yeah. to you know take the easy route and to not feel sorry do, for yourself and to feel and sorry it, for yeah. yourself and not, and and not do the hard thing. You have to beat that out of most people. Yes, there it's really it's to me the rare people who are just. They're doing that to themselves. They always have, right? right? Most people, you got to beat out that weakness out of yourself, and that to me is where the culture side of it is so important. And, and like I said, I I'm a supporter of Frost, and I think he's, I think that they are on the right path with all that. I think that we got to be honest with ourselves and say, you know, there's a percentage of this team that's probably, yeah, still not. Not, not there. quite there. That, I mean, that, that's why I wrote the question down of like, yeah. because that's, I mean, you just watch that game. That game's not like a lot of that game came down to all the cliches of like your, you know, heart, will, desire, toughness, competitive pride. Like that's what a lot of it's last cold, night was. It's rainy. It's ugly. It's physical. Like who wants it and who doesn't? I mean, a lot of it's that because yes, when you both know your plays, we knew their plays, they knew ours and they beat us up. You yeah. go, it's pretty simple. Like, I don't think the talent gap is that big between us and Minnesota. No, uh, no so, it's not. 
So that's where I'm going. They hung 53 on them last. You know what I mean? They that's blew them out of the water, and it was – yeah. It's it, not Ohio State, so that one, those – I mean, we're going to have to go home, take this week off, take a long look in a big mirror. Yes. And go – And figure out – they better come back, figure out what they're – who they're going to be offensively and find something that works consistently in the run game. Yeah. I mean – and I hear, and I swear to you, I'm I'm not one of those guys that's like, you know, that does the the cliche. Oh, you know, if he doesn't want to play, we'll find somebody who does. Well, a lot of times you don't have somebody, right? Yeah. But at the same time, like Again, if you are nice. not a tough physical football player and you're not playing with heart, I would rather play somebody who's physically almost not ready to do it, who's going to do it hard because. At least get the sky. If we're if we're playing for next year anyway, at that point, That's um, what, yeah, I, I, I think it's important then to go. Who wants to play? Yeah, I saw. I, yeah, I mean, I think, and I'm not usually one of those guys, but if it if this continues, then you gotta you gotta give these younger guys almost maybe yeah, more I mean, of a look. It, almost if you they need can, to have, if they can physically and mentally even do it, right? They maybe need to do. If it. you have a choice with it, I mean, maybe it's one of those things where Frost can kind of say, like, "Listen, guys, I will not win an I, I I'm more than willing to not win another game, but I'm gonna do it with the guys that are gonna do it the right way, yeah. and fight and all that shit. You know, or like that, like you know, the Nelson kid, the freshman, like. I don't know if that kid's physically ready to play. I don't know if he mentally knows the scheme well enough. I would probably bet you, though, that that guy's tough. Yeah. And that guy will put his head through the wall for you. And that that's the – my point with that is at some point, maybe a guy like that just you say, yeah, go, go do it. Right. And, and we're going we're gonna to deal with the mistakes you're going to make and maybe the touchdowns you give up, but – you're not going to get, you're not going to, it's not going to be from lack of, you know, fighting in there. What's hard though, how important is it that they get to a bowl game? It's funny. I, I think in, I always, I always think in terms of titles, like bowl games. I don't know that that's that big of a deal to me. Yeah. I, I, you're talking to a guy that uh, I I think all here's where they need it though. Let me retract that because it's actually not about the bowl. It's about the practices. Yeah. They need, that's the one thing they need as much time practicing Mm -hmm. and working on shit as possible. Cause the bowl games are less meaningful now that they have the right. You're going to play. Yeah. So, but that doesn't mean bowl games aren't great. It's great for the fans, but the, but the players to get those practices they need every last one of them. Yeah. These young, because then these young guys that we're trying to develop, they actually start getting. I mean, they're doing scout team stuff right now. They'll get. They'll get actual reps. They'll if get. You to wanted play. to in the bowl game, you could just throw a lot of those young guys. Say like, listen, you're you're. I mean, that's a part of the reason why they do the whole redshirt rule now. It's like if you yeah. theoretically wanted to say Nebraska goes six and six, and they're going to play roast beef state in the fucking Clark Kellogg Bowl, you know, yeah. like. If you wanted, you could just say like, "We're starting all of the young guys." Yeah, I and that, I mean, it, yeah, I think you you want to reward the guys that have worked hard, but like same time, like you're getting these these young guys ready for the next year, the year that's yeah. going to matter more. I mean, so as it's looking like, do you think? And it's just funny how what a difference a week makes. I mean, you know, because you always end up feeling stupid, and you want to you you usually you know Frost started the presser basically being like, "It's never as bad as you think. It's never as good as you think." 
I don't know where I stand on that with that currently with this team in the moment today. It feels it feels bad right now, but I agree. I, I think that it's it, there's things have not fallen the right way to start this tenure of them. So it really has just gone. It's been two years of just like wow, it just keeps not going our way. Do so you, we have to fight funny, our way out of it. What's funny about this was in again like something like Big Ten Media Days. I've realized was like. To the average fan, I mean, it doesn't even matter. But like, media gets all fired up about it. So, like, what's said at Big Ten Media Day? Like, can you recall one thing that was said at Big Ten Media Days this summer? Like, no. or did, yeah. No. So, like, but at Big Ten Media Days, they asked Bill Moose about like expectations this year, and Bill Moose said, "We just got to find a way to get to six wins." And at the time, everyone was like. Poof! Six wins, what? And even to Frost, Frost is like, well, I hope we win a little more in six games. All of a sudden now, that doesn't sound so crazy. So well, I, Moose is a smart guy. Yes. And, so and he Moose, must have come down and said, well, whoa. I, I, here's what Moose – Moose is is a smart guy. Well, he's and a he, former player. And he's – he's he knows that Frost is the right guy. And he knows to set the, the bar low because he needs – because that stuff matters. You know, if he says nine wins, then all of a sudden people that don't understand what's going on get right. up in arms. Where by setting it at six, you know, I hope we get to six. But if we get to six, then he says, well, we're right on track. And if we're close but short, he's like, well, we're almost there. But if you say nine and that's the expectation, well, then if you don't make it, then you have to address Asset, why well, we're you, so off right. and or what's are you wrong. Dis- how disappointed are you that they did Yeah, or do we need to do something about this? Because some... Some people don't get it, and that's what they fall to. But he's smart enough to know, set it low, let's build this slowly, and keep the right coach here for five to seven years, and let's see what we are in five to seven years. And I know, I mean, real quick along those lines, and I mean, certainly, this is a podcast that's pro-Frost and all in on Frost, and I still think he's going to get her done and all that stuff. But the people that, like, I mean – Nebraska's been in this cycle of wanting because I've heard some people saying, you know, oh, that they, they lead to look at certain guys on the staff and all that stuff. Like, well, you know what? For for a long time around here, the answer has always been firing people. And where's that gotten you? Like, at some point, you need to pick. Like, like you need kind of like pick and stick with. Yeah. And that's what needs to happen with this with this crew. Um, but it is going to be interesting. Like, so they have five games left. They got Indiana coming to town, then they're at Purdue, then they got a bye week, and then they got Wisconsin and Lincoln, then at Maryland and Iowa. I mean, I almost think they have to win these next two games to get to a bowl game. If they don't win these next two games, I'm telling you, you heard it right here at, at, on October. Wisconsin is going to dismember <laughs> this football team. They are uh, going to dismember them. Th- they're not a good matchup for us right now. That team—that's a. But we talk about tough dude. Like uh, that's a. That is like every guy that's on that field is a tough fucker. Well, and they got a great running back who. Oh God. Who? I, it, you know what? If you're not ready to tackle, I mean, you think so? What, what Minnesota's those backs did? Like they're not even in the ballpark of what that guy is. So yeah. Um. Yeah. We better. Uh, we better. I mean, I just think the next three weeks game. are huge. They need to get healthy and get right here during this bye week. Huge for different reasons. Last week it was this game. The game was huge because we had a chance for the Big Ten West. These next 
two games are huge because then the season isn't like a utter catastrophe. It's, it's almost like you go get right, get healthy, beat Indiana, beat Purdue. You're going to a bowl. Then for the final four weeks, you know, take a bye week. And then for the final three weeks of the season, just go swing away. Yeah. You know, you might be taking on an undefeated Wisconsin team in your house. Just go swing away. Then you go on to Maryland, whatever, and then you got Iowa. That game's always gets the juices going. Go swing away. Yeah. But the next three weeks are huge. Yeah. Real quick, as we wrap this up, what is what do you? And I'm sure every coach is different. Like, how does a take people behind the scenes? How does a bye week work for the players? Now, I know Frost has said that he's going to like let the guys kind of like you get a take a couple of days. days. You'll do you'll work out though. Like you'll take a couple days and probably they'll probably have. I, they may or may not watch film the day after, but I mean, they'll have a couple, like maybe two days off and then maybe two days of, they have to just go do a workout. But like they, they don't have to like probably play football for four, maybe four days. Okay. And then maybe they'll, they'll have like a quick little practice or something, but then the next week, you know, then it's back to normal. But I mean, they have that week and they'll have Saturday and Sunday off probably. and how much does it help to be able to work on yourself because it seems like every week you get into this you're you're constantly in like implementing a game plan and now it does feel like because we talked about how they haven't had an opportunity to have a buy for a long time like in the season in the moment it's probably going to be nice that that frost those guys are going to get a moment to really work on themselves yeah i mean for the coaches too like i said they they you know they're going to have a full week to just sort of get mentally, even as a coaching staff. Yeah, they need a break. Probably give them a like, give them a break. I mean, my, my I know my brother's been looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm sure. And, um, you know, so they'll they'll take some time, and there's no doubt stepping away from things and taking the you know ten thousand foot view of well, what's going on? What do we see? What do we need to fix? That'll help. You don't have as much time when you got you're yeah. already on to you're on to the next one because they look like everybody with it from the everybody on the sideline and er, like they they look like a group that needed a a bye week. They do. They and and it's huge because they got to get a lot of these guys healthy. Are, are we taking a bye week then? What? No, we got to do something. <laughs> what are we gonna What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do with? Uh, someone asked me the other day. It's like, what are you and Bo gonna do on? We the, still haven't done the wine pod. We got to do a wine pod. I think I want. Do we want to set up an email to do where people can kind of email us mailbag that's questions? A great, that's a great idea. You want to do that? And we'll answer them while drinking the we'll wine. We'll drink a bottle of wine. You guys can mail. I'll set it up. I'll tweet out all the information on it. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's what we'll do. Really zinger, zinger a question. Just have I mean, fun just with. great questions. Because even one thing I thought about in the Crouch Pod, I started, I started to get into the most iconic plays in Nebraska football history. And I was like. Okay, so you have you know the Davison catch, you have Johnny Rogers punt return, you have Frazier against Florida, and, yeah. I, and then I, and then I you know Black Forty One flash versus pass. Like, what is? Are we sure those are the top four in any order? And is there one more? Oh, I mean, if you if you're looking at seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, and you you had to list the the top. I mean, those are the most probably iconic. But there's a there's probably ten other plays that if people throughout you go, oh, yeah, that one. You know what's sad is, you know what, when I start listing off plays, like in our head, you know, and like, you know what one of the first plays that come to mind is? Hmm. Is the missed two-point conversion in 83. 
That's iconic. That is that's like, that's I top was, three most iconic, probably. I probably like right like uh, just because of the magnitude of the moment. It was unbelievably huge. Huge. It was a national title. You talk about some some stones, Tio. <laughs> he Tio he, didn't want to go swimming that day because he'd be at the bottom of the list. It was going to anchor. <laughs> he was going to anchor himself. Let me just tell you something, Tio. He goes right to the bottom of the pool. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> I mean, I, how cool is that? Dude went for a. Imagine coaching for. He'd have been coaching for what? That have been his eleventh year. Yep. Chasing a title, all that stuff. All he would have had to do was kick that field goal. Pry had it, and he said, "Nah, fuck that. Let's go for two. That's uh, that's kind of tight. That's serious. That's kind of tight. But that's but things like that. So maybe that. Let's maybe plan on yeah, that. So, some silly questions. Some good Husker questions. We'll plan on open we'll, and we will literally on the pod. We'll take a picture. You can we'll open the bottle of wine on the pod so you can actually hear the cork coming out. And then it won't we'll, just be a sound effect. No, we'll do a real one. And then uh, and then we'll maybe that'll maybe the pod that'll won't take. end till the wine's done. No. And if we happen to open a second bottle, two bottles. Oh I don't know about God. that. I will be out of my mind. I'm a lightweight these days. But uh, anything we miss anything on. I mean, I thought. That was a rough one. Hopefully, this is the roughest of our uh, our tenure Man. for the next uh, for the next five years of this. Let's uh, hope. Well, this is I mean, it. here's the thing: Minnesota, they got their ass kicked at Nebraska last year, and after at that after that point, I think they're nine and one or something like that. They went mm-hmm. on and like it turned a may, Maybe this will somehow things will flip, and yeah. they'll finish this thing strong. I hope we can turn we can like go back and laugh at like how doom and gloom everyone was at this, but. We we shall see. So okay. So this week, at some point, be on the lookout for a mailbag pod. We'll, I'll tweet out some of the information for it, and we'll go from there. That sounds sound good. good. Love it. All right. In the meantime, you want to go to Blockbuster and rent a movie? Yeah. Do we got to rewind those things still? Yeah, I don't know about that. Let's go. To- okay. Media production.